It's in the fracking ship. Delightfully flagrant. Fragrant, Shantel. Flagrant. Yeah. Flagrant. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage delightly, delightfully fragrant Chanterelle. <laughs> Chanterelle is a really good, like, drag queen first name. Oh, yeah. Or last name. But you'd need something before No, just it. one name. That's it. That's all you need. Oh, Chanterelle. Yeah. Do, like, a share thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need, man. Yep. Oh, you diva. That's like Aquaria. She's a, a really cool drag queen. She just has the one name. That's it. There was a... Is Alex drinking coffee out of a beaker? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, why, son. Why wouldn't he be? Of course. Oh, man. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're... Yeah. <laughs> we are back, baby. Watch where you put the comma on that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good to be back. It is yes. good to be back. It has been... I was realizing that long. I think I have moved twice since the last time we recorded. And, and, and mm-hmm. I think you spawned. Roll, since then i did i did <laughs> i did i produced an offspring uh between pour, poured water on you i think and then you just yeah it was after midnight and they poured water on me yeah no I, yeah i had a i had a kid um it's uh it's all right <laughs> it's all right <laughs> i'd take it or leave it uh no it yeah, no, it's been great. I uh, I had a kid. Her name's Rowan. She's really cute, and she's getting into the toddler stage right now, which is really fun and also exhausting. And uh, I bought a house too, so things have been good. Things have been good on my end. Yeah, we, uh, we were asking Rowan, like, what does a cow say? And she goes, moo. Okay, what does a horse say? What does a bee say? Stop killing my species. <laughs> we're trying to save the planet. Wow, Rowan, that is amazing. Yeah, she's pretty advanced for her age. Baby she, Einstein she is, really helps yeah. kids understand. She's yep. so woke. That yeah, Doc she, McStuffins. Yeah. She, yeah, Doc McStuffins <laughs> just yeah just really brings it home. We're, we're also sitting inside your home. I couldn't help but notice that. We are, that. yeah. Yeah, Barker and I are together right now in a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, but also... <laughs> Joined at the ear, at least. Yes. Yeah, right yeah. now. We're sharing a set of earbuds. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, I mean... <laughs> It's been so long since we've done this. Of course, we have an equipment malfunction. Yeah, that involves it, like it, not. It, ha- being it happens able to, to everyone, especially as you get older. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> totally. Totally. No. Yeah. We're uh, Barker's hanging out in Western Washington, uh, and we've been kind of hanging out and doing some like absolute tabletop work together, and mm-hmm. just chilling and watching uh, The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, and. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm also recording this podcast so yeah i think that, like the last time we were talking we were probably discussing like what might occur in the last jedi or something yeah. like that. yeah <laughs> and now we're like yeah we're so we're watching the mandalorian yeah and, uh, we can't spoil it it just who's, occurred to me we have to worry about jj uh, abrams character who's directing the new star wars pictures oh. i haven't heard of him a wizard, some sort of wizard of film. <laughs> At some point, I, should re- I really should go back and watch some of those old ones to see how naive we were about the world yeah, it's changed so I know. much since then. I was. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we, were, we were so young and optimistic. We mm-hmm. we were so young. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, what have you been up to, man? Since we last recorded, 
Oh, uh, I wish I could. I wish I could say more, but um, not a lot. No, I mean, uh, I do a lot of home. Do a lot of homeschooling. That's uh, that's that's a big part yeah. of it. Yeah, mm. uh, working that takes on, up work, a lot of working time. on my own projects like uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu stuff mainly. Um, yeah. Just uh, just finished um, playtesting Highway of Blood, a uh, um, a grindhouse nineteen nice. seventies grindhouse uh, scenario. I saw the cover for that and was super in. The tagline is like the road is paved with blood, yeah. and I'm like, "Yep, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's, there's nothing out there in, the, in that, uh, in that sort of time range, and it's you know, grindhouse movies are just so perfect for that kind of thing. Oh so man, yeah, I decided, absolutely. Decided, I decided to uh, to go into that. Um, but yeah, we played. So I've seen a movie called Grindhouse. What would you describe as a grindhouse movie to like a, a rookie? Oh, grindhouse movies were basically cheap. Uh, uh, you know, just just low budget movies that they could just um, uh, they couldn't afford big actors, they couldn't afford writers, they couldn't afford great sets, but they could afford blood, lots and lots of blood. So <laughs> nine out of ten times it involves, nice. uh, and they and they could afford you know people to you know take their clothes off. So really, it just involved people taking their clothes off mm. and getting drenched in lots of blood. Uh, and yeah. at the very basic, uh, uh, basic. Yeah, it's of, like. It's like B movie stuff, and it's usually yeah. like horror or action or sci fi or like something yeah. really e- like something genre that's really easy to like just like pump out over so a very, weekend. Very similar. To yeah. The well, that's why you always see the posters parties. were so lame. Uh, the you know they, they would they would literally sit down with scissors, cut out a pic you know cut out a picture. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. glue it on, uh, cut out some type individually, glue that, mm-hmm. and it looked like a uh, you know a kidnapper's note. You know, with, the, with nice. The, the yeah. yeah. And, uh, and yeah. the taglines were always like, uh, like oh, it's always... a road trip with death as the co-pilot. You know, just something oh, like paved that. With the road is yeah, paved the road with blood. Is paved with blood. Yeah, exactly. And, and the premises were always great, too. Like, you know, surf Nazis must die, you know. We were just talking <laughs> about go? surf Nazis we must die. <laughs> I We were literally, that is so That's... weird. But I was just telling Barker about the plot of surf Nazis must die. That's, uh, that's classic Rhinos. Coincidence is the residue of fate. <laughs> we need to watch Surf we need Nazis to watch Must Surf Die. Nazis, Nazis Must Die. It is the poop uh, of fate. <laughs> the poop of fate. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we've all been busy and we've mm-hmm. all been writing and publishing and all kinds mm-hmm. of crazy Breeding. stuff. Breeding. Breeding. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but Barker, what's been going on with you, man? Uh, so I've been, uh, you know, that. W- Absolute Tabletop has taken up a, a large chunk mm-hmm. of our devotion, and we are putting out uh, A Dead Man's Guide to Dragon Grin, mm-hmm. and we are looking forward to getting that to backers in uh, early quarter one, uh, the PDF, and then start having shipping out books uh, early yeah. quarter two. Uh, but I'm also freelance writing now with Onyx Path Publishing, who does the uh, a big part of uh, the Chronicles of Darkness? Yeah. There's so much like World of Darkness lingo is uh, it's difficult to nail down what type of game line you're talking about when you're talking about the World of Darkness because there's so many different oh, yeah. offshoots and different licenses yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. um, I, I helped write uh, the Night Horrors uh, werewolf book, Shunned by the Moon. I wrote uh, mm-hmm. some hosts in that, which are like body snatchers that hatch out of you and like yeah. do horrid things. That's awesome. Uh, and then yeah, it was awesome. And then uh, I am writing a, or I, I was a writer for Mummy the Curse Second Edition, which actually maybe by the time you're listening to this is still on Kickstarter. Oh yeah. And if you mm-hmm. go there and back Mummy the Curse Second Edition, 
uh, I will run a game for you. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of you. I it, I will do it. I yeah. will do it. Just yeah, do it, yep. and then touch base with me, pa- pause and then right I'll now, probably regret this that. decision later. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll regret this decision later. But uh, no, that um, and also there's a uh, I can't actually discuss it, but there's an, an another uh, line that I'm going to help write this time. And I wish I wish I, do cool. I wish I were doing something I couldn't discuss, but I can discuss anything because it's mine. So. <laughs> I, I I had something I couldn't bastard. discuss until today when it was announced that it wasn't happening. I, I saw that man right before right before the right worst. Before I, this, I saw that that sucks. So yeah, that I was sucks. so I was writing for the One Ring Second mm-hmm. Edition, the Lord of the Rings role playing game from <clears throat> Cubicle Seven, and I was writing some adventure content for that line, and was so pumped about it and then it was announced today that cubicle seven unfortunately lost the license and they had to stop production on second edition of the one ring which it sucks for me but i can't even imagine being somebody on staff over there who's been doing art and layout and like the bulk of the writing and editing and stuff like that and then to find out that it's not coming out is like oh god it just hurts it hurts so bad yeah um yeah I blew so my that was mind a when I heard you talk about that because you're yeah. right. Like the you you mentioned, people have been working on that for years. For years, years, oh, absolutely, and now they yeah. have, they'll have nothing to show for it. Yeah, I mean, the Ooh. One Ring has been out for almost ten years now, and this is the second edition, and they've been writing it for two, uh, you know, two plus years. Um, it just, oh god, I imagine it was a, it was probably a tough day at the Cubicle Seven offices uh, yeah. last the last few days. I mean, here, that, so. that's sort of double edged blade though when you when you take on any franchise like that. You know, you're oh yeah, <clears throat> because it's it's owned by so many people and so many people who yep. Don't mm-hmm. don't really care about role playing. They just they, oh that's yeah. We have some people doing some role playing things for us. Uh, I, I know nothing about it, but uh, it's not making enough yeah. money, so you know we we pull that plug. exactly. Well, and that's especially in the world of tabletop RPGs. Like yeah. anytime you're working on a licensed product, you're like you're taking a bit of a gamble. If you're working yeah. on Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or mm-hmm. Warhammer or whatever, it's yeah. like oh yeah, it's exciting. Man, there's always a chance that, that world, the rights but, holders yeah. are going to yank it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You, you get the, the excitement of, hey, I get to work in this world, but then it could be gone in an instant. Yep, exactly. So Cubicle 7 did a great job with, with One Ring and Adventures in Middle-Earth, though. Like, they really get Middle-Earth, um, mm. and it's a shame that they're not going to be working on it anymore. So, yeah, big bummer. One world that I was looking at that I thought would make a fantastic role-playing universe is uh, His Dark Materials, which I don't know if you guys have caught any of that series. On, uh, a little bit. <laughs> so, well, I, I fell in love with the books for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. read all the books, and then the new ones that, that just came out. And it's such a great, rich universe that you know it'd be a great, you know, setting for any kind of uh, you know mm-hmm. RPG. But yeah, definitely. You know. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with it, but it's like it's got a little pulp to it. It's like kind of magic and some it like is historical, some kind and, of steampunk yeah. a little bit too. You know, this, yeah, a little mm-hmm. steampunky for sure. Yep. It's got a cool aesthetic to it. I feel like it yeah. would really work with that kind of thing. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah, if you get a chance to read the books, I definitely recommend them to anyone. To they're, they're just so good. The, the, his his yeah. his descriptions are just uh, no matter what he's describing, you enjoy listening to it. Yeah, you know, the, I, I love writers like that where you know they can be describing the most mundane thing, but you can it, it, it just it's just engrossing. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I should read those. That's a that's a series that I like. Kind of missed out on. I was it was sort of like. Uh, 
not in my target demographic when yeah. it came out and was really popular. But now I'm I'm old enough where I just read whatever the hell I want, and so <laughs> I'm like I should just read his dark materials. Yeah. Heather really turned me on to his dark materials. She yeah. the, it, the Golden Compass. She has one scene in that whole movie that she likes, and we don't watch any of the other scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the series, she she was like. What what she said, and I'm not going to spoil anything, and right. I wouldn't even know what to spoil. But but she said um, her favorite part of it is that it's not only loyal to the source material, but she feels like she gets to see more. It's Ooh, not that sure. she's seeing different stuff; she gets to see more about what was behind the scenes yeah, in that yeah. source material. And I don't even. I, that's why I kind of want to read the books before I see the series yeah. because I want to feel that too. I think that's probably the best. The best critique you can give to any sort of uh adaptation of anything is that yeah. it actually it actually adds to the original mm-hmm. like it create it, it creates more yeah. in addition to the original well, so it also helps for me that philip pullman the writer of the books is writing the the uh, on the series too so, yeah so you know he's gonna you know do it right hopefully mm-hmm. so totally totally yeah for That's sure a, that makes a big difference <clears throat> this is actually i think we can segue nicely into our mm-hmm. topic was that a Segway just going by that I just it heard? It was, right outside. It's Tacoma, baby. Well, it's Tacoma. Everyone's riding on Segways over here. This is it. We're in the future. It's 2019. Everyone's riding Segways, right? You're not in a, you're not in a Segway? Uh, what, are we talking, what are we talking about today, Parker? Today, we are going to discuss using ready-made supplement material and source books and campaign settings, published material, as like a periphery on the periphery to, to run like a loosey-goosey inspired game that's not directly like Horde of the Dragon Queen, right. but you're inspired <clears throat> by a few things in there. Totally. Um, because I, I, I feel like I've, I've always kind of been bad at that hmm. because I get started and I get really engrossed in the opening scene and the characters and then all of a sudden, as usually occurs, you know, one of the players says, you know, what, let's go do this thing. And that's not <laughs> the thing that happens in the book, right. yeah. which is not, you know, depending on the game line, that's not it's not that's not quite how it works right. or it might not be. Yeah. Um, but I never really knew what to do with that until I had my mind liberated <laughs> by. Uh, I don't know. Weed. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, <laughs> actually, it was it was you. I I, rem- I remember it. It was um, we were talking about we were making horror at Misty Meadows, uh-huh. and we were talking about the Lich, and I like the oh spoilers no <laughs> spoilers we were, for this four year old yep. supplement. Yeah, we were we were talking about yeah. There's a t- there's a there's a shelf life on spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently for Battlestar Galactica, it's way longer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 30 years. Yep. Um, yeah. But we were talking about this character, and I thought, you know, you know, I really, you know, what if, I can't remember what I what I said, but it was something that you responded with, do you never, like, take a supplement and just change something about a character in it? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. And you said, <laughs> oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> And that, like, from then on, I just kind of realized, I don't have to play by anybody's rules. Yeah. And that, that once you realize that, I feel like, I, on, in many different ways, once you realize, I don't have to play by anybody's rules, it, you enter, at least I'm talking about myself here, yeah. I enter into this mental space that just allows for anything. Yeah. And that free flow of creativity is the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I, it was, I think it was more selfish because I, I, I loved making my own world 
<clears throat> and so I didn't like playing another in anyone else's. But I would, right. I would I would like aspects of them. So I would grab, um, you know, a map that I find in, in one supplement. Because I, I would buy the supplements. I would buy I would buy the adventures. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and then I would see how I could get them to fit in my world. You know, can I just take it, put it in there with a little bit of modification, or do I just you know what? I like the map of the castle. <laughs> the rest, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do without. Yeah, it. and you just kind of you just kind of pick and choose through it. Um, yeah, or maybe just like a storyline. You know, I've I've done that before. Picked up, what was it? Uh, there was some kind of I think it was a Warhammer adventure maybe that I, that I really liked that I ended up converting over to 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 D and D and you know yeah. you, can, you can do that with almost anything. Oh, absolutely. And there's there's been um, man, I've, I I think I've always been like that. I don't think I've ever run a like a module or an adventure or even like a a, a setting the way that it's written like yep. i've always been creative <laughs> no i didn't say it was always good right but i've That's always i i haven't been i've always suffered from like world builders disease and i've never been able to help myself but yep. tinker with yep. stuff and even like uh if i run like dark sun or Spelljammer or even like star wars like something established i mm-hmm. always it's always my version of that yeah. thing. And so, like, you know, if I'm running, like, Spelljammer, uh, I, you know, create this, the I put the warp from Warhammer 40K into <laughs> Spelljammer. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just, right. like, you're talking about, uh, Alex, where you, like, kit bash, where it's like, yeah, I'm oh, going to yeah. take yeah. this thing and this thing and this thing all from different sources and combine them and create something cool and new. Um, and you can do that, like, from the entire scale of an rpg from micro Mm -hmm. to macro where it's like Mm -hmm. you can do it in like with an adventure with a character with a location or you can do it with the entire world you know yeah i think macro seems to me like it might be easy easiest because you're like you're talking about i really like that the idea that this world is run by a dark power yeah like big pillar stuff yeah big pillar stuff it's really kind of easy to take and leave Mm -hmm. um might get more difficult with the micro stuff, but yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, you can you can take you certainly take characters, or maybe just like a uh, like a tavern. Like I've done that before, where I find mm-hmm. there was a, there was a single tavern in an adventure that I decided, I want this tavern in my world. To, to take that, <laughs> mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I think the <laughs> this only, is mine now. <laughs> I think the only scenario that I ever ran like out of the box without modifying a thing was Ravenloft. That was the first, the very first one. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was at the time it was so revolutionary, you know. The maps were new; they were they were the sort of those those what do they call them? Isometric, three dimensional sort of maps. Oh they yeah. The uh, all the descriptions were just so, <laughs> were just so good. Um, there was, it, it was just so well done that I didn't want to change any of it. I, I, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to do it justice because it was I, I I really appreciated the, you know how good it was. Yeah, and that's there are certain settings like that where it'll be so cool that I want to L5R is a legend of the five rings. Mm -hmm. Rokugan is a great example of a setting that I run pretty much as is um, where uh, I want to be able to, because it's so particular and it has like this, like the culture is sort of like baked into it and stuff where Mm -hmm. it's like, I want to run this setting the way that people sort of anticipate it being run. And I want to, like you said, Alex, give it like, do it justice it's like, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna do my own spin on the micro stuff, but from a macro standpoint, I really want this to feel like Rokugan. 
Yeah. Um, and it's really important that I that I do the work to make it feel like Rokugan. So, yeah, that's a great example of like a world that I haven't really tinkered with. <laughs> do you think that's because it's perfect? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that I think that like Raven, like something like Ravenloft, it's very specific. It's like a very it strikes a very particular tone. It's also old. Yeah, that's the thing. it's an old setting. Yes, and so like everything has become naturally grown more synergized yeah, a little bit like yeah. Well, and there are certain things that I think players expect from a Rokugan game or a Star Wars game or a Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings game where right. if you don't include certain things it doesn't necessarily feel like mm-hmm. that setting. Yep. You know? Yep. Like if you run Star Wars and there aren't aliens like speaking a weird language but you can still understand them and they can understand you even though you're speaking English like that doesn't feel like Star Wars anymore you know one thing that you do in the Star Wars game that you're running for uh, us the hyperspace d6 which you should probably talk about at some point yeah uh, game is you flash to what the evil guys are talking about yeah you're like little we have a little cutscene where you know the third sister is talking to somebody or you know and mm-hmm. that's very Star Wars and it's kind of spoilery because we understand what the the bad the baddies are doing, mm-hmm. uh, but that makes it feel right. It's also yeah, it's part of Star Wars mm-hmm. to have that <clears throat> cut where it's Darth Vader on the bridge, like <laughs> where are they? You know that sort of thing. Yeah. You'll even say like, ooh, and then we'll there'll be a screen wipe, and yep. now we're like, it's <laughs> yeah. an actual tra- Star yeah, Wars yeah, transition. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Yeah, so I think that that is that's a good example of macro versus micro, where it's like mm-hmm. uh, the big. The big things have to feel like the setting if you're running something like that. Yeah. Uh, if you want it to feel like that, but on a micro level, you can get you can get like handsy with it. You can change yeah. stuff around and sort of change hmm. how things feel and things like that. Put your own spin on it. Well, I was just gonna say you're also somewhat limited by what you can what you can take, and, and that has to do with how related it is. Like if you're taking yeah. from from D and D to D and D, that's very different than taking from D and D to Star Wars or you know right. Star Wars to Cthulhu or Cthulhu to you know, My Little Pony. You know, it, it's a... You're, <laughs> totally, totally. You know, that's... that. Yeah. I could see that. No, that's, <laughs> no that actually tracks. It's a very yeah. natural yeah. transition. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got that. But, you, you, know, they, 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 you know, depending on how far apart they are in, in, in genre and style, and even in mechanics to some degree, it depe- is going to depend on how much you can actually take from it. Um, yeah. and, th- and then at that point, I think we're getting more into, you know, inspiration. Like, you saw an episode of The Sopranos, and you decided to make a D&D game based on it. You know, right. <laughs> you you get the basic shell of it from that, but ultimately you're you're, st- you're sort of designing from scratch. So, totally, totally. It, you know, it's so. I guess at what point are you? Are, is it does it go from just borrowing this to? I was just lightly inspired by that to make it. You know, something else. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, like, uh, yeah, like at what point does the is the idea no longer? somebody else's but you're like how how mm. at one point is it so different that it's uh, it's a completely unique thing like the the version of sunless citadel that i run is not it's not sunless citadel anymore and i right. i still say i'm running sunless citadel but it's i've run it so many times and changed it around and made it so uniquely me that i'm like yeah this isn't really sunless citadel anymore like yes there's a <laughs> citadel in it that is sunless beyond that it's you know it's pretty pretty different <laughs> That's where the similarity stops. And it's aboard a space station (laughs) that we are going to explore at the bottom of an ocean. At the bottom of an ocean. (laughs) That's why it's sunless. Yay. Perfect. 
Yay. Did you say yay? I said a. Oh, I thought you said yay. <laughs> yay. And that was like the most calm and collected yay I've ever heard. Yay. 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 So, so I um I want to I want to ask you guys how you do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I it's weird because some of these things I don't do it. It's mm-hmm. just something that I'm reading and I'm become inspired by it. So like the first step is like make sure you're reading the books that are on your shelf. Mm-hmm. Make sure, you know, maybe once a day Make it a thing to pull a book off the shelf, flip it open to a random page, and just see what you find and see what inspires you. Yeah. Um, but I, I would even challenge the listeners, if you're unless you're in your vehicle or something, to like pause this, go get a book, and open it to a random page, and uh, <laughs> or instead of having them pause it, we can just do like some interlude music right now. Intermission, baby. Intermission, baby. Oh, get that book. Get that book. Open it up to a random page. Ah, Get inspired. Get inspired. Make sure you edit your symbols to perfectly sit in line with the 4-4 time that we were going for. Um, but open that book to a random page Mm -hmm. and like, what do you see? Do you see, like Alex mentioned maps earlier. That is for me, that's probably the most, uh, exciting and inspiring thing I can find in a book is a map. Yeah. Uh, there's a map of a temple to a goddess in, um, what's the Storm King's Thunder? Storm King's. Oh yeah. Storm King's Thunder. Storm King's Thunder. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I actually started talking about it to a home group and, and the DM was like, shh. Spoilers. So I don't want to like go into too much detail, but it's like a city temple. Like the yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. it's like it's yeah. amazing. So um, maps are incredible. Yeah. Like, what do you see? Do you do you see in the book? Do you see a person? Mm. How? Uh, where does that person go in your game? Is it like someone who owns a business? Is it someone who is like a bad person who's a bad person? I love that. A bad <laughs> who's person. Like, a bad guy. Is it a bad guy who like takes people? <laughs> uh, is it? Um, or is it like just a a, a roll table filled with? You know, throwaway NPCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you like? The question should be: What are you going to use uh, in your game? What, what are you going to use in your next session? Yeah. Where can you put that in your next session? There's also there's this something that happens with uh, inspiration and creativity where if you just <clears throat> if you do what Barker is describing, where you're you're taking a book off the shelf and 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 committing to opening it to a page and reading, like try not to get inspired to go do your own thing like it is difficult for me if i'm if i'm reading a novel if i'm reading an rpg book i can't sit there and read it for an extended period of time because i'll i'll start getting ideas and the like the pistons will start firing and i'll be like i gotta go write stuff down and it's like Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten if i'm if i'm feeling like i have like writer's block or i'm trying to prep for a game and i just don't have any ideas just pull a book off the shelf. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be an RPG book. Yep. Start reading it. Yep. Guaranteed things will start firing because your brain will enter into that mindset, that creative mindset. I will. I want to say something to the contrary, though. This is, I feel that writer's block a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like my brain has to be in a certain mode to, mm-hmm. to start working. And I think that when I'm, this is kind of the opposite of what you're saying, but it also is similar. But uh, when you're reading, as soon as you get inspired, put that book down and go write yes. that down. Yeah. Like, yeah. Make that note. Yep. Do that thing until you run out and then maybe pick up that book again or yeah. put on a different TV yeah. show or something. Strike while the iron is hot. Yes. If Not you want to use I... blacksmithing terms. I don't know what blacksmithing is. <laughs> Everybody ate Google Docs started with, Ooh, c- yeah. with scenario ideas. 
Like yeah. I'll, I'll get I'll get a great idea, and I'll, I'll title it, and I'll, and I'll just write down my thoughts, <laughs> just just dump, mm-hmm. dump it into there, and then and then I can put it aside, and I can go back to it later. Totally. Well, and I'll have things that are a year, two years, three years old mm. that I will stumble on, like on my Google Drive mm-hmm. or in a notebook or yeah. something like that, and I'll be like, oh. I forgot about this. I remember walking away from this and being incredibly frustrated. But you know what? I think I could finish it right now. Or I think I could add more to it. Um, and so it's like there's, there is never, it's never wasted time to write stuff down. Even if it's a half-formed idea, just a title, notes, whatever, write it down. You, you, it's not going to be a waste of time. It will, it will pay off in some way. There's somebody out there that needs to hear this. I don't know who it is, but you're not going to remember it. <laughs> yeah, stop you trusting yourself stop trusting yourself to remember it yes. it will you'll you will never change the, you will never change the human brain is a faulty hard drive and it loses information all the time it's kind of its job like yes. it's, it's like totally random access memory yes yeah so what is something that you guys have have an example of something that you have pulled from a a book an rpg book a module a campaign setting what is something that you have used like recently in a game oh boy recently um <clears throat> i don't know i've never done this <laughs> no. uh, alex do you want to go first i have no idea um actually yeah well, well i'm trying to remember the name of it now there was there was an old old um a book of call of cthulhu adventures and um it was basically about a cabin in the woods and uh, it was it was kind of a real sort of classic thing, uh, but I decided to uh, to change up the scenario a bit and and make the the protagonists uh, bootleggers. So I thought that would be kind oh, of fun. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know these these guys are traveling through the north the, the woods of Maine down back roads trying to you know avoid you know uh, avoid the cops, and uh, they're 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 driving down, they're driving down this dark road at night. Someone runs out in front of them. They have to steer to avoid them, or they hit them, depending on on how they do. And they get involved in the scenario. What I hadn't counted on, though, was was how vicious that these guys were going to be to each other. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like they killed they killed themselves. Like each other, they killed each other <laughs> before oh the, before they really got that far That's, in the scenario. You're doing Cthulhu right if that happens. I, I hey guess, everybody, I guess take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep dive. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that goes all the way back. <laughs> but yeah, they, no, they they and, and I ran it twice that way. I think I thought maybe well maybe the first time was an aberration. Nope. Yeah. Same nope. thing happened again. <laughs> well, that didn't work. <laughs> I have to ask. So if they're bootleggers and they're avoiding the police, did the phrase "cheese it, boys"? It's the fuzz yeah. come up at any point? Uh, no, because there were uh, oddly enough no fuzz arrived. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I have something, uh, unless you want to go first. No, I would love for you to go first. Uh, So um, I really love the adventure uh, Tomb of Annihilation, Mm -hmm. uh, which came out, I think, like uh, two or three years ago from uh, Wizards of the Coast. Mm -hmm. Really cool kind of sandboxy adventure set on this jungle island, and there's dinosaurs and there's undead and all kinds of cool stuff. But uh, one of the things that really caught my eye in this book when I was flipping through it, and you mentioned this, Maps. Uh, there's a really cool map of a, I think it's called the Bleeding Heart, and it's this, um, it's a floating rock, like a floating island that has a cave system inside of it, and it has a tree growing on the top, 
and the roots of the tree kind of come down off of this rock, and so it looks like an anatomical heart with veins coming, arteries coming out of it. Oh, and the roots drip this like mineral rich water that is like red, and so mm-hmm. it literally is it's it's it looks like a bloody dripping heart floating in the air. Whoa! And That's I thought this was red. so cool, and so, and there's a hag that lives inside of it, which I'm just like all about. Um, and I totally stole that and put it in this uh, home game that I'm running that is set on like an alien planet with like blasters and like crazy stuff going on. So it's like very different in tone to what's going on in uh, Tomb of Annihilation. But I pulled that bleeding heart location out and put it in this other setting and kind of updated it a little bit and put a different monster inside and stuff. But that bleeding heart is such a cool, evocative, like striking image to describe to your players that like, I'll probably use it again, like Mm -hmm. in a different game, in different settings. Mm -hmm. Put it in a Star Wars game, put it in a Cthulhu game, you know, like, it's just something that really has stuck with me from that book. And yeah. there's there's something like that in pretty much every RPG book I own, whether it's a location, a character, a yeah. mechanic, something that I remember about that RPG book and and put into games, you know, multiple times. That, that, that does remind me, though. Uh, I, I haven't done it yet, but on my list of things to steal from that is the undead T-Rex with the... The, the zombies with coming the out of zombies coming like, out of it. Yes, that is yep. freaking awesome. <laughs> that's another thing I, I remember. That. That's like, I was a little bit mad about that because we had a zombified mm-hmm. undead T Rex in our <clears throat> horror at Misty Meadows adventure, which came out before Tomb of Annihilation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, they ripped us off. But then they one upped us and had zombies. Yeah. Literally, this thing throws up zombies. zombies yes. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, they they kind of did <laughs> yep. it better. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not who does it first. It's who does it better. Exactly. I love our little zombie dinosaur. No, I love our zombie yeah. dinosaur too, and it it is cool because it comes out of tar pits, which is just like super. Awesome, yeah. But nice. they, yeah, the Tomb of Annihilation uh, t- zombie T Rex throwing up the victims that it ate mm-hmm. is oh god, it's so awesome. <clears throat> Someone, someone's going to encounter that someday. Oh, it's so <laughs> horrifying too. Can you imagine yeah. if you're like, oh god, it's a T Rex. Oh god, it's undead. Oh my god, god it's throwing, throwing up, up zombies. Throwing up zombies. <laughs> you're just like, I want to go home. <laughs> when does it stop? When does it stop? I hate, I, I hate this jungle. I want to go back to the sword coast <laughs> where there's no dinosaurs. I was, it's funny because I was just talking to someone today about how, you know, all D and D is really horror when you think about it. It really is. You know, if, uh, if, you, if you took it and set it in any other setting, it would be considered horror. If you just think about what you do in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> you're just like, oh god, it's just horrifying. Yeah, fuck the dinosaur that puked up zombies. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna discuss what I do, and the reason yeah. I'm happy to go last is because mine is a little different, and, and the reason yeah. why is because, as has always been the case with Roll Up and Die the topics that I particularly want to talk about are things that I want to start doing. Like if the advice mm-hmm. that I want to give mm-hmm. is stuff that I want to take. Right. And so um, <clears throat> I want to take more things from games. Um, but I take more from like wikis, Wikipedia ar- articles mm-hmm. or media that I'm consuming. Some of the best advice I was I ever given was a developer from Onyx Path, Matthew Dawkins, your gentleman game. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> the advice was take as much as you can from the media that you consume yeah. uh, and, you know, adapt it, change it, mold it into your uh, your writing. Right. But, like, so I'll, we're watching Lost right now. Mm-hmm. Heather and I are re-watching Lost. And I'm, I ran a Dread game for my friend for his birthday mm. about an island crash landing. It, it was like a, that you get stranded on an island. But 
it started out with this, I wanted it to be on an aircraft carrier that was sinking in the Bermuda Triangle. And so I got a, an aircraft carrier magazine and I was just looking through it to see what sort of like, it was it was a random magazine I saw like, what's in an aircraft carrier? And so I just started looking through it <laughs> all the different things. I thought you were saying it was like aircraft carrier monthly. Like, I know, so, exactly. <laughs> that's like, wow. why, that's that's why I clarified. That's a niche audience. Yeah. I, it's yeah. a very niche audience. Uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, every time you buy one of those, you get put on some sort of list, some sort of watch list. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I would, I'm a, a big fan of history that I've talked about forever, and uh, in my homebrew world, uh, magic is very, very similar to oil on Earth. It's mm-hmm. pulled from the Earth. It's harvested. It's taken and molded, and with that taking there are detrimental side effects. But I imagine like there's this huge sea in Ankea that's got these massive, like almost city-sized, citadel-sized oil rigs on them that are, they're, they're magic, they're rigs right. that pull the magic out of the, out of the sea. And so I got this book called, um, it's about, I got two books about oil and just started flipping through them and was immediately inspired right. for this. So mm-hmm. just like, I don't necessarily pull from games too much, Mostly media and like history mm-hmm. books and such. Yeah, there is one game though called Icarus that Matt recommended to me. Yeah, that I kickstart. I recommend this game. It's uh, it's called Icarus. How a storytelling game about how great civilizations fall, <laughs> and you take turns building a civilization, and then it crumbles, and you discover how that happens. It is so fun because while you're building the civilization, you're also building a tower made out of dice, mm-hmm. and oh, when the needs- tower falls, the civilization falls. Oh, yep. that is- Cool. And uh, it's cool. really neat. It's kind of like reverse Jenga right. microscope is the best it, way I can describe <laughs> it. Reverse Jenga microscope. Reverse yeah. Jenga microscope. I get that. Um, dread. Yeah, yeah get and that. dread, yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many of these cards involved, and I'm just going to pull a random card. Um, An area of the city has become condemned and subsequently abandoned. What area and why? And so in creating... Dragon Grin yeah. in creating Enkea mm-hmm. and creating anything, just pulling a card. I'm just thinking like, ooh, what area of the city became condemned? Okay, yeah. it was probably this like um, this mercantile district that where something uh, was brought into the city that wasn't allowed, something illicit, mm-hmm. something dangerous that is now radiating outward. So they had to quarantine off this whole section of city, and um, it's your job to go in there uh, to retrieve the object and to like find a way to get rid of it or yeah. blow it up or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I have these, these cards, I've used these cards from Icarus more to get inspired about writing and creating than I've used to play Icarus. Right. <laughs> Maybe, that's mostly because I like creating with them. Right. It's also because I don't have friends at all <laughs> to, to play this game with me. Um, I played it with you. You did. I have to come to Tacoma more often. And that's yeah. not true. I have friends in Albuquerque, actually. <laughs> Alex and Mike, if you're listening, I love you. Love you both. I'm not talking to you, Gothnog. You have to earn my love. Um, I'll try. But yeah, I, I pull from media and I pull from like storytelling games and card games, mostly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that is so valuable. And I think that if you are someone who struggles with coming up with ideas for your world or your sessions, your campaigns, like maybe you're, you need to broaden the scope of inspiration for yourself Mm -hmm. and start paying closer attention to the things that 
kind of jog your mind when you're watching TV, watching movies, reading things online, um, playing other games, things like that. Like, what are the things that catch you up and it, like, make you go, huh? And those are the things that, like, you need to focus on and pay attention to and maybe try to adapt into your own game. And that's what I found is, like, anytime something makes me go, oh, wow, that's cool. And it could be something Mm -hmm. in a Marvel movie or a video game I'm playing or a comic book I'm reading, whatever, I will kind of note that, log that away and say, I want to do something like this or Mm -hmm. put it into my world or my game or whatever. The funny thing is, by the time you're done sometimes, it can be so unrecognizable from the thing that inspired you that if if you said it to anyone, they'd be like, what? How how did you get to get from there to there? It's like, I don't don't see how that happened, but it happens in your brain. You you, you get, like you said, Mm -hmm. that you see something that's cool and then you go down a rabbit hole of, uh, well, I'm going to put it into this world and I'm going to include this. Oh, I'm going to include this part too. And then, like I said, by the time you're done, you've got this unrecognizable thing that was inspired by this other thing. You should never have to be worried. You know, you should never worry about stealing stuff. You know, for for yeah. for, for that kind of creativity. That that that's yeah. all. That's all creativity. <laughs> There's nothing new. Exactly. There's exactly. nothing about James new. Cameron's Avatar. We Dances just, with wolves. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, the the thing with creating yeah. uh, people. Damp. I see people just run themselves ragged trying to come up with a new thing. Like yeah. I want to create something new and unique, and it's like mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah. You can't. Every story has been told, you know, and there are only, there's only s- such a, you know, there's only so much breadth to human experience yeah. that we can, that, we can, you know. That bastard uh, Shakespeare got all the low-hanging fruit, it's done. It's done. Exactly, exactly. And the, the way I like to think about it is uh, there are only, you cannot make new notes, but there are new songs that you hear every day that do something you've mm-hmm. never heard before. Yeah. And they they all use the same notes, yeah. but it's all about the way that they're arranged, the way that they're mm-hmm. played, the tonality, the distortion, whatever you're doing, the way that they're combined together with other instruments. Mm-hmm. Like, that is all creation. And, yeah. like, if you're creating something in a game, if you're writing a book, if whatever you're doing, you're taking pieces of stuff that you like, combining them in a new way, and making something that is both fresh and familiar and those are the best things. Those are the best movies and the best books are things that feel familiar and fresh at the same time. Yeah. So, like, yep. don't don't kill yourself trying to make something new. And that's so often we see people like, oh, I, I found out that this thing I was creating, there's something really similar that already exists. And it's like, dude, it's okay. <laughs> I just had that conversation with you guys recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some similarities between the uh, the published Watsi setting of Eberron and my homebrew setting of Enkea. And yeah. so a lot sure. of the creation process has come from purposefully making it different in certain yeah. ways yeah. and leaning yeah. into things that Eberron does not do that I want Enkea to do. Right. Yeah. And yeah. seeing it as a positive way to like, okay, let's, like you mentioned, Matt, or a little bit earlier, broaden your perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. Say, so if, if you feel like you can't move any further, that's because you're not zoomed out enough. Yeah. Grab another book, mm-hmm. flip over to the random page. We'll pause it, uh, or we'll just give you some interlude music right now. We won't. Just let me turn on the drum machine. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. not going to do that again. <laughs> um, it, this is. I think that this podcast might actually help a lot of people get started creating because mm-hmm. it's such a simple remedy that we. It's one of those things that we think of all the time, but it's not until we're recommended that we do it. Yeah. That we're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm going to do uh, that. So yeah. yeah, do that every day, once a day, do that, and. Uh, um, 
have a Google Doc ready. I have a Google Doc that I call the Apollo Doc, and it's a, a doc that I go into once a day, and I just write something in there. And cool. so there's now it's a whole it's a slew of like two sentence short stories, and there's like a yeah. short story about a boxer on an aircraft carrier. That's the carriers. Again. <gasps> We're definitely on a watch list. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have like, a, but I also have like like Rope and Die, the <laughs> definitive aircraft carrier podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The definitive that's aircraft us. carrier podcast. That's yes, us. Uh, but I, you know, I have um, I put like political despair in that doc just because <laughs> I, I can't really share it with others. But yeah, um, I recommend having one of those that you can just dive into once a day and making sure that you pull a book off the shelf once a day. Yeah, one of the things that all writers will tell you is just to read as much as possible. And that's kind of what we're talking about. Is like by reading all these other authors, you're that's where you're getting your inspiration from. You're getting not only how to write, but also ideas and thoughts and feelings. And, and uh, the more you write, the better you, uh, the more you read, the better you'll write, I guess is the. Yep, exactly. Part. And, and mm-hmm. with, and with the stuff we're talking about, it's the more, the more places you access ideas, the better, the better your creativity will be. You know? Totally. So true. Don't yeah. stop learning. Yep. Don't yeah. stop learning. Absolutely. Yeah. You never reach the end of that, like training, mm-hmm. the education yep. of like being a creative person. Exactly. And it's like, that. Just in the same way that, like, a chef constantly has to travel around, try different foods, interact with other chefs, like, a creative person, a writer, whatever, you have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You have to read, you have to interact with other creative people, and it's like, you can only ever get better. Mm -hmm. You never waste time doing that kind of thing. Nope. Well, And I I know I feel, even even talking, talking with you guys like this, like, just us talking about things is inspiring, like, you know... Yeah, like Barker was saying, you know, he he likes to ask the questions that he wants to get an answer to, and so, mm-hmm. but but even just talking like this about, you know, in a meta way, talking about being creative, is helping helps you be more creative, helps me be more creative, you know, yeah. it helps me to sort of think about things differently, even though I, I knew it, but you still get that refreshing push, I guess, or you know, totally, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, I get asked a lot, like how do you get started in publishing RPGs? And it's like, step one, find another person. Like, <laughs> find someone else yep. who can do it with you because mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, find someone else who will write with you, who will edit your work, who will just listen to your ideas and give you feedback. Like, uh, creativity is inherently a collaborative thing. It, it's not, it's some, not something that she, that should be done in a vacuum. So just yeah. as we're saying, like, Pick a book up off the shelf. Like, pick a friend up off the shelf. Pick a friend up off the shelf. Flip to a random friend. No, uh, but like it, it, it is swipe right. people. Yeah, yeah, swipe right on creativity. <laughs> did did Captain Gothnog just make a Tinder joke? I Apparently, think maybe. What? Yeah. <laughs> this is the all new roll up and down. The We're rebooting new. here. Uh, After dark. It's <laughs> it's a good new gritty. <laughs> Sexual content. <clears throat> NC seventeen. NC seventeen. That's us. Uh, because someone smokes in it. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone says butt. That, 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 <gasps> Barker. Sorry, my oh, daughter is sleeping upstairs. <laughs> I actually was trying to bring her in earlier. I left to try to bring her in because she was knocking on the door, and I wanted oh. to ask her what a B says. Oh, that and, would be cute yeah, to have on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> she was taking a bath, and I figured oh. that Tila and her would probably be upset. With yeah, her. if you, you would probably be most upset, me bringing your drenched daughter in here <laughs> naked, yeah, to s- just s- s- 
have water all over your yeah, digital equipment. Yeah, just to make the sound that sh that bees make. What know? do bees make, kid? Yeah, what, do man, bees make? what do bees say? <laughs> Good, get out. <laughs> but uh, my point, mm. if I can loop back around here, you had a point. Is that uh, don't don't discount uh, people and other creatives as uh, a resource for you as well, just as books and movies and TV shows can be. Yep. Dope. Yeah. I think at this point we would take a question from the audience. But we forgot to make a well, post. Well, we didn't. We, that's, that's hashtag roll up and die. This was a secret. Um, <laughs> it is a secret. This is a secret episode that no one knows we're dropping. But I, I still have a question here yeah. that actually all of the uh, listeners have. It's and from it's, Ben B. Where the fuck you been <laughs> is the. Probably from Ben B. It's, yeah, probably, it's probably from probably Ben B. B. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, when we answered the where where the fuck you been question, we did we did uh, that. at the beginning. Yeah. So we'd probably skip over that. That's fine. We'll go to the next question, which is: Do you guys have an idea you can steal? And the answer is yes. Yes, we do. We always do. Always. So that that the entire point of this episode is steal ideas, and at the end, regrettably, we don't have an idea. Yeah, we're so. actually we're not going to do that because those are our ideas, those and stealing ideas. is wrong stealing. if there are ideas. <laughs> if it's other if it's other people's ideas, we go full on Disney with it, baby. We're going to take that. We're going to manufacture. We're going to put it in cellophane. We're going to sell it, and we're going to dude Barker here with the hot takes. <laughs> with the hot takes. <laughs> that take is spicy. That take is so spicy. No, let's make an idea you can steal. Yeah, okay, I like that. I'm into it. Uh, oh wait. Do we have music here? No. And now, and Roll now. Up and Die presents an idea you can steal. We do have that. That's a real thing that we did. It is? I don't know if Alex has it. We so did we it once. I, yeah, I don't remember if I have that, that sound. That and sound. now. We did it one time and it sucks. Yeah. Well, it's because I went and I made like a... And now, the HBO original series, Game of Thrones. Is that is that yes. perfect or what? Yeah, pretty good. Okay, anyway. Uh, I, uh, um, it's, it, what I was going to say is that I went and made the editing process way too difficult by, like, putting, like, guitar licks in there. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I really want to use the Roll Up and Die podcast to learn more about podcasting mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. audio. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> had the inadvertent effect of making it way too difficult. You learned too and just much about throwing it all up in the air. Yeah, I learned <laughs> yeah. way too much. Yeah. Um, but Do you have your fictional I, dice available? Because uh, that's how we used to do it. We I'm, do I'm, have I'm, 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 a, I'm, a I'm a traditionalist. So. Okay. So here's the idea that I had that I want to um, have all of us uh, take part in. Yeah. Uh, we are going to... We each have, I assume, Alex, you have role-playing materials somewhere near you. I do. A book, an object, something like that. Uh, grab one of your favorites, and okay. Matt, you will probably do the same, and I yeah. brought a few here if you want to choose from these, but uh, <clears throat> I am going to use one. Probably, I'm, I might even use Icarus. Ooh. Maybe not. Can you, under my desk, there is a uh, plastic container yes. that has my DM kit in it. Would you mind grabbing me that? Dude, I found a Surface. Can I keep it? Oh, sweet. <clears throat> yeah, you can have that. That's fine. I never use this. This is your DM kit. This is my DM kit. Oh, that's cute. And inside I have lots of fun inspirational tools. And the one that I'm going to pull out is uh, index card RPG cards. Nice. Uh, from Runehammer Games. Runehammer. These are um, really cool print and play. Uh, they literally just have cool images on them. Parker just pulled my earbud out of my ear. I did. Well, listen, this is... 
You What's pay good? for this sort of thing. Um, people pay for rope and die. That's what we've been doing wrong. Ah, no. damn, 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 damn. We um, use too much uh, owned content as sound effects to <laughs> yeah, ever yeah. demand money for this. Yeah. Um, I have. They're really cool. Well, you can't see this, but I'll just show Alex. They're like cards that just have images on them. So like oh, cool. a waterfall mm -hmm. or um, a, like tentacles coming out of a hole. And uh, nice. they're intended to be like you can use them as terrain on the table or like little visual reminders for things. Um, I like to use them. I like to shuffle them up and use them as inspirational tools. So that's what I'm going to be using. Nice. What are you going to be using, Alex? Um, I pulled out Curse of the Cuthonians. Oh yeah! Wow, that favorite, sounds like uh, a collection of that's... of scenarios for Call of Cthulhu. That sounds like we had a robot read through 10,000 Cthulhu books, Call of Cthulhu books, and create its own Cthulhu book. Curse of the Cthonians. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. Uh, I'm going to be using a deck of cards from a game called Ravine, which is almost a really great game. It's actually, I recommend it. It's fun. Sorry to the creators of Ravine, but it's a, there are a couple mechanics that I'm not big on, but the... Uh, the cards are so freaking cool that it's just worth it for the uh, the storytelling elements alone. And who knows, cool. you might like it better than me. Uh, and I'm just probably going to pull a random card and see what this. I is. I like the I like the idea that we're going to create a single cohesive idea that people can steal using three very different methods. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that yep. is going to be cool. Okay, yep. awesome. Okay, so Alex, you're going to be one and two on this right. D six. <clears throat> Uh, Matt, you're going to be three and four, and I'm going to be five and six. I should have been like, Alex, you're going to be one and three. Matt, you're going to be six and five, and I'm going to be the rest. And then I can just say it was my turn whenever I want to go. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six. Here we go. Here's the die. You guys hear it? Roll it in the table. Uh, oh, there's a oh, roll geez. table of, like, wood and leather and just crafted This is not a roll table. This is a roll This is a dice tray. tray. Dice tray. A roll tray. A roll tray. Sorry. I had one up you there. No, I should have <laughs> super used the roll table yeah. dice tray. Roll table dice tray. Uh, okay, that's a five. Which one is it? One, that's two, that's me. That's I'm like, you, Barker. I w gosh. Where the where the rolls don't matter. Roll up and die. Yep. Where the right. rolls don't matter. All right. So I'm gonna pull a random card. Uh, actually, you know, I'm gonna take the one right off the bottom. The actually, I really wanted to pull. I want to keep pulling them. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm gonna go with the first one. The knight. If you weren't on the brink of starvation, you might call this a nice night for camping. So uh, the night, I'm going to um, say that um, this is some sort of like uh, whatever we're creating, because we don't know if it's going to be a setting or a person or whatever. Yeah. Um, survivalism. It's got to be something like this person is in dire need of sustenance, the environment the environ, the cinematic environ, perhaps, is what is uh, killing this person. Ding! I'll uh, await your check in the mail, Alex. But no, uh, the <laughs> 17 cents? What the hell is this? <laughs> uh, I need to say it more often. Um, so I want to, I imagine that there is a person or people who are... Uh, on a journey, and it's beginning to turn very, very bad in terms of uh, the elements. Mm, okay. Cool. All right. Alex, you're one through three. Matt, okay. you're four through six. Okay. Alex, that's you. All right. Hang on. I have to get my dice. I'll just describe to you all what he's doing. He's pulling his dice. He's getting his yeah. dice. He's reaching behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He just sacrificed a gecko. Okay. Okay. Okay, now he's drinking the blood. 
Yeah, he's, I feel like a golf commentator. All right, he's taking a nice look at it. He's, okay. <clears throat> he's, uh, real... he's spread out the innards of the gecko, and he's going to use it to divine the future now. Interesting. Seeing how this goes, and right. he sinks it. Okay, yep. great. Good job. All right. Okay. And it's wheel. He opened up a book. Five. Okay, here we are. <clears throat> um, okay, well, there's, there's a map here. Uh, uh, the ruins of... Um, uh, uh, Kemenu, with the temple of, with the temple of Thoth or Tote, as it's supposed to be pronounced. Um, mm. <clears throat> you so, learned something on Roll Up and Die. I came here to record. I didn't know I was going to learn. You didn't know you're in a walkway <laughs> of knowledge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th this is uh, uh, apparently this this is this is uh, somewhere in North Africa, uh, along the uh, uh, along the Nile near in uh, in Lower Egypt. Um, oh, baby, and uh, uh, as as they as they sort of wander, whoever these uh, whoever these poor people are, they've uh, uh, looking for shelter. It's hot, let's say, because uh, it's uh, it's desert. They've seen no sign of life for for days. Uh, they've managed to uh, survive this long on what meager supplies they had, but uh, they've got nothing left and no way to navigate. And mm -hmm. they uh, but they see these ruins. Um, uh, sort of silhouetted against the sky at uh, at sunset, and they make for them. Cool. Nice. All right. Will you roll for me, please? I'm one through six. You are one through six? Mm hmm Okay. <coughs> He's really getting a good roll in here. Potty. <laughs> the, the, the tension is palpable. Okay, three, so that's me. Okay, is that... Well, hold on. Yeah. No, I was one through six. Okay, you were, yeah, yeah. Okay. and you and Alex were both zero, so I'm right. Okay, okay, cool. All right, so I'm gonna um, just do a quick shuffle of these ICRPG cards and pull the top one. And the image is a looks like a, like an entrance to like a tunnel, a cave, a mine that is all like boarded up. Oh, um, and so what I think is that um, what I think this is is it's the beginning of a scenario, uh, beginning of an, an adventure. Uh, I imagine it's like a Call of Cthulhu or like uh, a, like a pulpy sort of modern sort of game. Uh, they're traveling through North Africa uh, and they stumble upon these ruins. They take shelter in the ruins and the scenario starts with them discovering the entrance to some sort of ancient subterranean tunnel system beneath the ruins um, that has been boarded up. And what I'm going to say... I'm gonna put a nice like pulp spin on this. Oh baby! <laughs> is the boards have uh, the have Nazi like icon iconography on them, oh, nice. and they say halt, nice. halt on the basically uh, during the North African campaign, yep. the Nazis found these ruins and went into these tunnels, and whatever they found there scared them so much that they put up boards and said, "Hey, don't go in here." Nice. And listen. There might be food in there, and you guys are starving. Yep. What are you gonna do? Go in for another three days without food? Not a chance. Not a chance. You need to search for something. And the things, whatever's chasing you, it's here. Where do you go? Oh, whatever's chasing you, it's here. Oh baby. Salvation lies in the tunnels. Halt. Hammerzite. You are outside the pit. You are outside the pit, and BJ is BJ inside the pit. Uh, <laughs> so I feel like that's a really good beginning of an adventure. You've been traveling yeah. through the desert. 
you're just exhausted, starving. You need water. You need food. You need mm-hmm. shelter. You find these ruins. You find the tunnel. It's the only place you can go right now. And if you if you really want to lean into starvation as like a mystical thing, you can make it so this these ruins give off this uh, like they siphon the life force out of whatever is oh, yeah. there, oh, and so. Yeah. You can't. You just can't be quenched when you're yeah. nearby. So that's that's an issue. And then, uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. E- and even taking this, this framework that we've created, that could it's easily be a D and D setting. You know, you change it totally. from North Africa, uh, rather than um, rather than Nazis, you have some sort of uh, maybe uh, you know abyssal written on it or. Yep. Oh, it's it could be in Dragongrin and Jahar, and it, it's like holithic writing on yep. the boards. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah. That's and that's we came up with that idea very quickly using three very different methods. Yep. Yep. Barker pulled a card from a board game. Alex rolled to determine what page he was going to look like look at in this book that he has, and I looked at just a simple image on a piece of paper and came up with that idea. And that's a really strong opening to a yep. a one shot or even a campaign. So, Perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up and die is one episode every two years. <laughs> one episode we're, every we're two years. We're pacing ourselves. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you, any of you guys have anything else before we do some outro acapella? <laughs> I don't know. I almost did Hanson. Uh, uh, uh. Roll up and die. Hold on. Godspeed. Blah. Ah, that never gets old. That never gets old. <laughs> that was a professional operation. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. <laughs>